What follows is message four of five of the Spring 2015 College Conference, recorded Saturday, February 28, 2015 in Latham Springs, Texas. Conference title is God's Complete Salvation in Romans. Message title is Sanctification, the Continuation of God's Complete Salvation in its Organic Aspect. All right, everybody should have an outline. All right, so we're pressing on and pressing in to our dear Lord Jesus and our God the Father. Praise the Lord. So you should be on message number four, which is on page 22, right? That's right. Okay, everybody got a copy? All right, so now we're moving on. If you remember the diagram we had uh, earlier, uh, we had an upward line. Uh, we've, hit, we've been in justification, and now let's read the title of this one. Go. Very good. So this is sanctification. Underline that word. In fact, if you go back to the table of contents on page... Uh, one, why don't you flip back there real quick? And the key words uh, under one, message one, was need, necessity of redemption. Then we have justification, regeneration. Now we're on sanctification. And tomorrow morning we'll see the result. The end result of all this is to have a corporate body that expresses Christ on the earth. That's where we're going with this. But we have a big job tonight. We got some critical chapters in Romans to cover tonight. So we're on page, uh, what did I say, 22. You can flip back there. And 1 through 4. Uh, last night, Paul helped us, if you weren't here last night, to see the necessity of God's redemption. Uh, we got fallen, and we got under God's condemnation. So Paul thoroughly lays out that all the world is under God's condemnation. Condemnation. There's nobody that escapes. Everybody is in need of this other life because we're all sinners and we've fallen short of the glory of God, excluding none. So then Paul comes in very masterfully and shows that he justified us, that we are saved, we are spared from that condemnation. So we change positions from being under God's condemnation to be being accepted by God and under God's favor. That's a big change in our destiny. So he moves into chapters 3 and 4, and that was your lesson this morning. Did you do a good job? What did you cover this morning? Justification. The first session was showing the two problems, right? The main thing, we have a problem before God when we sinned and fell away. We had a problem with God's righteousness, Holiness and glory, because we are short of the glory of God. We've fallen as sinners, so we have a problem with God. And what was the worst problem? That's one big problem, but we had another problem inside of us. That was outside toward God. God, we were God's enemies, like Satan. Satan's taking on God. I don't want to be in that ring. I mean, I don't want to be in that corner of the ring. I'll stick with God. Okay, so there's a problem within man, and that was the poison that came in. So we have a problem within. Then you moved on to section two, and that defines justification. And what, what is justification, how is it defined? 
Come on, it's your lesson. This, is my, is this, this isn't my message, it's yours. <laughs> what did you get? What's justification mean? The second, session, the second section said define. First was introduction, then define, then example, then result. So definition. What's the definition of justification? We talked about it. Approved by God. We're acceptable to God. No more condemned by God, but approved by God. And that's based on what? Yeah, we're approved by God according to his righteousness, not our own. You know, we have our own self-righteous standard, but his righteousness is much higher. We're approved according to his righteousness based on what? It's by faith, but based on what was the other key word? Who is? Redemption. Redemption. Through redemption. What does redemption mean? Buy back at a price. In other words, we got lost. When I was a kid, we had these, uh, redeem this for a nickel, a Coke bottle, or a penny, I think it was. So if we went back to a Coca-Cola bottle company there in Dallas, Texas, said, here's your bottle, and they gave me a penny or a nickel, I can't remember, that redeemed it. They bought it back. I, I got the bottle, ended up in the, the dirt, you know, I put sand in it, whatever, but they gave it back to them. They bought it back. So redeemed, justification, he can accept us, because he redeemed us, which means he purchased us back. How did he purchase us back? What price did he pay? First of all, we had a big debt. Every one of our sins, every one of our trespasses and offenses runs, runs up a debt. A big debt. A huge debt. We're in debt. We're, 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 the debt meter's going up. Sin. Every, so that was a huge debt that needed to be paid off. Maybe you have some student loans. Those got to be paid off, kiddos. The sin debt had to be paid. God just can't say, oh, never mind. Don't care about that. He's righteous. He can't just say, uh, sin doesn't matter. No, had to be paid off. Okay, how is that sin paid? By the blood of the Lamb, the precious blood of Christ. That was the price paid. He paid his blood to take away your sin. Pretty good deal, guys. I'll cash in on that one. So justification is based on his redemption, meaning to buy us back. So these are basic terms in the Bible. You need to know what they mean. Justification means what? To accept us, to prove us, free us from sin, absolve us. And redemption means what? Purchase us back. Then you have another term called reconciliation, which goes even further because reconciliation occurs between two enemies. So not only were we lost in sin, but we were God's enemies. The Bible makes it clear we're enemies to God. You weren't just a random, neutral guy cruising through the campus. You're God's enemy. That means you're in Satan's camp because that's God's enemy. So when you have two parties that are at war, there has to be reconciliation. So based on that redemption and justification, we're no longer enemies. We've been reconciled to God. Us and God are good, man. We're good together now. We're no longer duking it out, but we're buddies. We're reconciled to God. No longer enemies, but now one, loving each other. Praise the Lord. It's good. Okay, so that was your lesson, right? 
then it moved on to uh, dispositional justification. That was lesson, that was the third part. Uh, and that means that, uh, that starts to get into the organic aspect. That means dispositionally. God's going to do something further, and that's the lead-in in tonight's message. So you had a little bit of foretaste there that he's justifying us. He, he, he says you were justified unto life by his, through his resurrection. I think that was the last verse in Romans. Let's read the last verse in Romans 4. It said that who delivered us for, for our offenses and was raised for our justification. So that's the receipt. You know, when you go online and you apply for something and it gives you back, it says, your application is accepted, so you know, I'm good. So the resurrection there, this verse proves that that payment was accepted because God resurrected him from the dead. That means good to go. You know, when you, when you get that little sign back on the computer, you go, whew, I did it right. Especially us old guys, you know, we, we, mess, we delete the whole file or something, but, you know, you guys, I always like to see that. Successful registration. Okay, that's the resurrection. Successful payment. Good to go. And also, it means that he wants to give us life because it's justification unto life. So this is leading us into tonight's message, justification unto life. And then finally you saw the result of justification. Anybody remember those beautiful results we have from justification? It's your message. Again, I'm still sharing your message for you. What were some of the things that result from our justification? Come on, who had, who had the four sessions? We're children of God. But what are some of the specific words? Jose even reviewed some of it for you. Well, you need to enjoy the result of your justification. What did this get? Where did this bring you? What do you have now? Peace toward God. God has poured out the love. The love of God has poured out in your heart. You have the love of God reaching you. You have the peace of God. You have the grace in which we stand. You have the joy, the exaltation. You have the hope. You have life. You have glory, the hope of glory. All these are the result of his justification. So that brings us up to chapter 5. So now let's dig in here. Uh, We'll go ahead and start with Romans, uh, let's read Roman number one together. Go. God's complete. Okay, so you have one through four. We just talked about condemnation and justification. And now we're moving on to uh, the complete, continuation of the complete salvation. That's the organic aspect. So we see a turn here in chapter five. So let's read these verses now under Roman number 1, Romans 5, 9 through 10 and 22. Oh, let's do 9 and 10 first. Go. Okay, in those two verses, I want you to identify the second section. See, we're transitioning. Both these two verses talk about the first section and the second section. I want you to see this in God's Word. So in chapter 5, verse 9, I want you to put brackets around the second section. 
Tell me which of these words in this chapter 5, verse 9, are referring to the second section on sanctification. Who's got it? If you got it, stand up and read it to me. Come on, college students. Okay, let's back up. What is the first section there? Having been justified in his blood. Okay, that's the first section. Now, this verse shows us the second section. What's the rest of the verse say? We will be saved through him from the wrath. Not quite. You left off the first two words. All together. Much more we will be saved. Let's read it. Much more. Come on, college students. Let's read it again. Much more than we will be saved through him from the wrath. That is the sanctification we're going. Much more. If you think justification's good, if you think there's something with justification, and it's awesome, there is a little bit more. A teeny bit more. A little bit more barbecue sauce. Much more! If you have a little taste of bluebell, just a little spoon, give me much more. Give me a whole bowl. Listen, don't stop at justification. If your salvation stops there, you're missing out on much more. When your friends tell you, you know, let's do this, and listen, if you think that was good, this is much more. Man, you start getting excited inside, like, I want more. Okay, much more will be saved through him from the wrath. Okay, what is it through him? How does this work? Well, verse 10 actually helps us. And again, verse 10 has two sections. Tell me again the first section in verse 10. Yeah, so tell me, read it. Okay, go. For if we, being enemies, were reconciled to God through the death of dot, 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 having been reconciled, right? That was reconciled. So what is the much more, or where's the new section, the second section? Much more will be saved in his life. No, you haven't been reconciled. That was part of the, you haven't, that's had been. This is much more. You'll be what? Saved in his life. Okay, I want you to drill into this. This also has the word saved in it, but it gives us a little bit more. Verse 9 says, through him, but 10 gives us a little more insight. What does 10 say? In his life. Much more. Again, Paul's so excited. Listen, Romans, there's much more. There's much more. You think justification is great? There's much more. We'll be saved in his life. That is where the much more salvation occurs, in his life. And his life is just him. He is life. So don't separate his life from him, the person. Much more in his life, meaning in him. So where is this salvation, which is much more? going to occur, Drew? In his life. So if we want to experience that much more salvation, where do we need to be? In his life. Very good. Now we're getting it. In his life. Okay, then 22, let's read this verse. Now, 
Great. So you underline, have they been freed? We're going to talk about that in a minute. You have your fruit unto sanctification. Your fruit, early it says you were in the flesh, and your fruit was uh, unto death and things that you're ashamed to talk about. Ashamed. If we flashed your thoughts in the old man up here, you'd be ashamed of those things. You don't even talk about them. But this is now your fruit is unto sanctification. And the end of that sanctification is eternal life. Wow, what a pathway. Okay, so that's the circle sanctification. That's what we're on. Okay, now go to this chart real quick. And redemption was accomplished by Christ's death once for all. Whereas salvation in chapters 5 through 16, we're focusing on 5 through 8, where does that occur? Or accomplished in Christ's life, Christ himself went. How, how often? Daily. It's daily. It's ongoing. And then... And redemption, that includes redemption, obviously, justification, reconciliation. We just talked about that. Whereas salvation includes what? Sanctification, renewing, transformation, confirmation, glorification. We can't talk about all these tonight. I'm just going to focus on sanctification, but there's much more. Okay, then where it occurs? Redemption occurs where? So you can say it's subjective. It's positional. It's our behavior. Like Jose said earlier, it deals with our behavior, our sins. And we're sinning because we're sinners. So that death deals with those sins. The Bible says if you confess those sins, what happens? He's faithful to forgive you and cleanse you. So that takes care of our sins. And then uh, where does this sanctification occur? Within us. It's subjective. It's experiential. It's dispositional. Now it's dealing with your person. It's dealing with sin in us. So you see the difference? Dealing with our behavior and things outside, and then now we're looking at now, we're focusing on what's in us. So Paul's progressing deeper. He deals thoroughly with things outside positionally. Now he's dealing thoroughly with the things inside dispositionally. Are you with it? Are you with me? You got it? So now we're looking, he's looking in this way. In fact, he's diagnosing the inner parts of man in such a scientific, uh, detailed way, it, it's, it blows all the psychology books, all the self-help books, everything out the window. This is the real deal with man. This is how man is created and what's operating in man, and the, there's different laws operating in us, we'll see, and there's powers that control these different parts of us. We'll get into that. Okay, so then we're delivered in redemption from condemnation and eternal punishment. That was a leg down here, a fire. And with sanctification, it's our old man. It's our self. It's our natural life. That's what we're delivered from in this much more sanctification in his life. You got it? So you see the, the two the sections now. Okay, so let's go on. Now, Romans 5... 12 and 14 begin this section. By the way, there's a typo, and let's read the caption under sanctification, Roman number 2. Let's read that. Go. Okay. 
Okay, so there's a typo. It should be uh, Romans. That last uh, sh uh, reference should be 512, not 15. 512 through 21. Now, uh, let's go ahead and read um, verses 12 through 14. Okay, so this is a very key verse. It's really telling us what the situation is with man. It said, just for, just, uh, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered into the world. So sin got in, and then through sin, what got in? Death. And so thus, this death passed on to all men because all have sinned. So death reigned. Death was king. Death was Lord from Adam until Moses, Adam being a type of him. Who is him there? Circle him. Who is that? Christ. Him who was to come. So what happened um, was something very tragic and uh, catastrophic. I'm illustrate it this way. Do you know what this is? Sisters. What? Okay, chicken baster. She's on the right track. She's from Lubbock. My sister lives, my, my two sisters went to Tech. And my, my younger sister's a good cook, if you ever get to go over. So this is what she calls a flavor injector. A flavor injector. You see the needle on here? It's to inject, so you take some flavor. And in this case, the flavor was Satan at work, so rebellion, pride, disobedience. What else you say about him, Paul? Slander, lies, father lies. What else? Liar, accuser. Okay, that's what is loaded in his flavor injector. Bobby. So we're back in the garden, and uh, this is Eve. Got some curly locks there, Eve. And there's two trees before uh, this young man and lady, Adam. So how about you be the tree of life, you're green. And you're black, you're the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, right here, you can just stand over here. You're the, you're the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You're all in the middle of the garden. Okay, how about you stand behind so we can see? Y'all stand back here, the two trees. And you're considering these two trees. And um, I'm Satan. <laughs> and um, I'm going to sweet talk you, Eve. <laughs> Say, Eve, you know, I, uh, I'm actually, Satan at this point was very attractive. He's a beautiful creature. Eve would never go for one of those uh, things on the, 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 the flats, the, the, the snakes on the belly. Everybody hates those things. But back here, before the curse, Lucifer was the most beautiful creature. Otherwise, Eve wouldn't have talked to him. 
So imagine, not this old wrinkle face right here, but imagine, <laughs> imagine, you know, Mr. Big Man on campus right here. So I'm, I'm very attractive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Eve, um, I'm the head of the angelic race. God put me over everything. I, I hang with God. And, uh, you know, God, God and I are close. We're tight. Um, now, the Bible, the record is that, uh, you know, God, um, um, God, God, uh, God said uh, uh, that you shouldn't eat this tree right here, but God knows that if you really need a situation, that you would, you would go ahead and take that tree, Eve. What do you think? Yeah? Okay. So, okay, right here. Open. Sin. Okay, and then she goes, come here, Adam. Come here, Adam. Okay, now you take that fruit, hand it to your dear Adam. Sin entered into the world. And through sin, this poison, death came in. Death is real to sin, a result of sin. So immediately their spirit was deadened. Their soul became alienated with God. And eventually, years later, their bodies, the, the death reached its final toll and their bodies perished down, Adam and Eve. <laughs> and so they had some children. They had a couple boys before they left. And so Sin entered into the world, sin entered the world, and death passed on to all men. I know you love your mama and you love your daddy. They're awesome, but they inherited the same thing they passed on to you, and that is sin and death. That's the situation. Okay, thank you. Tree of life. Sorry we never got to you. We'll come back. Good job. <clears throat> so, death reigned. So this is a situation of man. So it doesn't matter how cool man is, how smart man is, how educated, how rich, how whatever. The real situation is every man, even if they don't admit it, sin got into them, it altered the DNA. And now sin is in us, and death is in us. Terrible. Because we were made not for that not for that destiny. So this is the problem. So now you have these next verses, Romans 5, 15 through 21, and I'm trying to summarize these to save time. And let's go ahead and uh, I'll just divide the room right here. So right down this line, y'all are on that side, and y'all on this side. And you can see that we have heritage in Adam. That's what we inherited. You're inherited, inheritance. And in Adam, one offense by Adam brought in uh, uh, all these things, just one after the other. And then there's a gift, a surpassing gift, which is in Christ. It's surpassing. So don't be too troubled with the negative because there's something greater. There's something much greater surpassing the negative stuff. 
and that's the abundance of grace of God and the gift, free gift of righteousness of Jesus Christ. I'm reading out the, the headings right there. So I like this side. Now, uh, we're going to be the uh, ones in Adam, so I'd like for you to stand up. To illustrate this, Adam brought in the fall, sin and death, so I'm going to read, I'm going to set it up, and then you read uh, 5.15, many died, and then as you're reading that, you sit down because you're dying. Okay? So this is a heritage. Uh, one offense by Adam caused... He died. The surpassing gift of Christ. Okay, now I'm going to set you up and you read what's uh, under 515 under surpassing gift. And you're going to be sitting and you're going to rise because it's just the opposite. Adam's going down and Christ is coming up. That's death and resurrection. So now this group sitting down, let's say, okay, so uh, how about you just read it? Yeah. Much more... Okay, you got it? Much more. This gift, this grace and free gift abounded to the many. Okay, now you're down. Okay, now let's go back. The one offense to Adam was condemned. Too bad. But the free gift of grace and the gift of righteousness is So you can stand. Justification means you can stand before God with boldness. I'm yours, God. Okay, good. Okay. Now, back to Adam. The one offense by Adam caused? Down you go. And this verse actually has much more and I didn't have room for it. So uh, the surpassing gift, let's see, much more. Read it. What? Who? Who's going to reign in life? Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. What are you going to do, bro? Reign in life. Wow, what a gift. You guys died, but we're reigning in life. Okay, now, verse 18. The offense of Adam was... Yeah, condemnation to all men. You're all men condemned. But look at this. The free gift of grace and gift of righteousness was unto justification of life to all men. Winner, winner. Loser, loser. Okay, one, two more. So the law entered. And now, okay, the inheritance of Adam. Go ahead and read. Yeah, many were constituted sinners, and on your side, through the free gift of grace and the gift of righteousness, what's going to happen? Many will be constituted righteous. What are you? Constituted righteous. Yeah, good. Okay, then verse 20. Uh, Then after uh, Adam, what happened? The law entered, abounded, more sin, more sin, more condemnation to you, and uh, where sin abounded in Adam, what happened? Grace superabounded. Sin abounded, but grace superabounded. Sin abounded, but grace superabounded. 
I'll take it. Okay, good. And then rounding it off with the heritage of Adam, one offense by Adam caused what? What's reigning over here? Sin in death is reigning. Reigning. Sin is your master. Reigning in death. Too bad. Okay, but guess what happens here? Those who receive this grace and the gift will... What happens? Read again. Grace... You're reigning and grace is reigning through righteousness unto what? That's ours, bros, in Christ. Okay, good. So you see the contrast? Those verses are deep. And they contrast two different realms. You get it? Got it? Okay, now let's move on to... Um, Roman numeral 3. So now there needs to be identification with Christ. All right, so read that. This is chapter 6. Now we're moving into 6. And read the title there. Okay, so I want to draw a little diagram here. You've seen this, so I'll make it quick. So... um, God was in eternity, and then he just divined, and then he became a man. And that man's name, so he put on humanity. You got it? No humanity here. He was incarnated in the womb of a virgin. He took on the flesh of sin, yet without sin. Okay, then he lived a human life without sin, and then after 33 and a half years, what happened? So he was put on the cross and crucified. Here he is, right? And then what happened? Was buried, so here's a grave, and here he is in the grave, buried in the grave. And then what happened on the third day? So now he overcomes death, and now he's up here, back resurrected, walking, and interacting with the disciples for 40 days. 500 saw him at one time. Many others saw him. So he's there for 40 days. And then, then he, what? Ascends. And he was sitting here. Now he's sitting. <laughs> this is our Christ. Okay. And then, as we covered today, then, as a spirit... He was poured out as a spirit on all flesh. So here's a, a man again. This is just one man. And so the spirit is poured out on all flesh, but not inside until what happens? Until someone opens and lets that spirit of Christ come in. And then what did you have for this afternoon at 4 o'clock? Regeneration. So that happens right here. And now this man is in your spirit. There's a man, not a physical form. Through resurrection, he changes form to be the spirit, and that's how he lives inside of you. The spirit of Jesus Christ is in you. This man right here, this genuine man, is now right there. 
inside you. Okay? So now let's move on to Paul says that what then shall we say in verse 1? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So he's coming off of verse 520 that says we're the law entered, sin abounds, so grace superabounds. So some may argue, well, okay, great, let me sin because I know grace is going to superabound. So why not just jump into sin because grace will take over? Well, that's not a good argument. Uh, he says, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's his question. Should we just keep sinning so grace will keep coming? What's the answer in verse 2? And why not? Underline, died to sin. We who have died to sin, how shall we still live in it? Now my question to you is, listening, how did we, did you die to sin? We, it says, it's past tense, we who have died to sin, how shall we live in it? Now my question is, how did you die to sin? The Bible says you died to sin. The fact is, Ty, Will, Son, you died to sin. Come on, Ty. Come on, Connor. I'll just take Connor. Come on. Come on, Connor. Come on, Connor. Come on, Connor. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're dead to sin. Get, lay down there. You're dead to sin. Here comes sin. Connor, you're dead, right? Connor, lust. Cheat. Lie. Steal. He's not sinning. He's dead to sin. Okay? He died. He can't sin anymore. He's dead to it. Okay, you go up. <laughs> How did he die to sin? Are you dead to sin? How? Okay, read verse 3. Hey, are you ignorant? Do you know that you died to sin? Or are you ignorant? Yes, you died to sin. You're not ignorant. See, Paul, this is such a key thing. He says, or are you ignorant? I mean, don't you know this? Okay, are you ignorant? Let's read it. Okay, underline, all who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. All who have been baptized into this person have been baptized into his death. So, you believed in the Lord, and you got him into you, and you believed into him. So now, that's the first part of the step is to believe and then be baptized. So, you were baptized. Don't you know that those who've been baptized into Christ, it's like you're in a swimming pool. You go in a swimming pool, and you're in the pool, and you drink the water so it gets in you, and you're surrounded by the water, right? The water's inside you, and the water's outside you. So you're, you're 
believed into Christ and you're baptized into Christ, don't you know that those who've been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? Don't you know this? That you're baptized into his death? So you were baptized, when you got baptized, you got baptized into his death. And then the next verse says what? buried therefore with him you got put into his death and after his death what happened to him buried so your baptism was into his death it was a burial he's explained now how you died to sin don't lose me here don't, don't check out he's baptized into his death okay circle death so this is how we died to sin you believed into Christ and exited Adam, and you were baptized. You believed into Christ. You first believed, then you're baptized. You were baptized into his death. Buried, therefore, with him through baptism into what? His death. That's verse 4. That, read the rest of the verse. Okay, so uh, why don't you come up here, uh, Bobby? You again, or let's do someone else. How about what's your name? Come on, Spencer. I want you to put this robe on here. This uh, poncho. Put a poncho on. Yeah, you know how to do that. Okay, we need another one here. Who else wants to help? Come on up, Drew. You over here, Drew? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Come on, Adam. Figure it out, Adam. Doesn't rain in Lubbock. Doesn't rain. Just because of that, we're going to make you, because you're backward, we're going to make you Adam. This is an Adam. And we're going to make you, who's the other one? Christ. Christ. Okay, so here are two realms. You got it? Two realms. So, what happened back here was when God put on human flesh, he put you on. In God's eyes, in God's economy, he put man on. He became a man. Then, in God's eyes, and in Christ, you were crucified. Your old man. Look at verse 6. It says, Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him. So, uh, come on up, Bobby. So he put on humanity. He put on humanity, and then he took this humanity to the cross. So here's Christ, um, and here's Bobby with him. Okay, I'll be Christ. And you're actually here. Okay, here. Okay, so here's Christ. So Bobby's in Christ. Come on up here. Stand up there. I can't get it. I don't know. He's laughing. 
Hey, that's okay. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. So this is called co-crucifixion. I am crucified with Christ. This is a fact. Your old man has been crucified with Christ. And then the verse 5 says that as Christ was raised to the glory of the Father, so we went down, we were buried with him in baptism, and then we resurrected with him, right? Okay, so we're in Christ, we're with him. God put us on, we're crucified with him, we're resurrected with him because we're in him. We're in Christ. So come on, step down, be carefully, don't hurt yourself. Okay. Hey, so come on out, Bobby. So, Bobby, you were an Adam. Oh, no. <laughs> You're laughing. You were there, too. If we could put all humanity in here, I'm in here, too. Want to see me and Adam? Do you see yourself in Adam? Do you, did you see by your natural birth, you were an Adam? You're not separate from Adam. You're in a... Girls, y'all still, when I was in high school, they had these little powder puffs with mirrors. Did any of y'all have one of those on you? You got one now? A little powder puff, you know. You, you know? What do y'all use now, your iPhone? Or? Nobody has a powder puff. No mirrors? Oh, there's a mirror right here. Okay, come on up with your mirror. Is that a mirror? Oh, thank you. I'll try not to break it. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay, Bobby, do you see yourself? You were an Adam. You see that right there? See this guy right here? Oh, wait a minute. You can't read it right here. Adam. See? Adam. Okay, now, you see where you were, Adam? Okay. Now, you were, you believed into Christ, and you were baptized into Christ. You changed realms. It's all right. It's okay. But you're still, you're still in Christ. You don't poke your head out. If you poke your head, say to go. Brah! Don't poke your head out. That's dangerous out there. In Christ, we've been baptized into this person. You see? This is your case. You're baptized into him. Buried with him through baptism into his... So how did you die to sin? I'm coming back to my question I asked you. Through believing and being baptized, you were baptized into the death of Christ, which is part of his person. It's, it's just Christ. Christ and his death are not separable, just like Christ and his life are not separable. You're put into death, you're put into Christ, and so you've transferred. Bobby, you've exited out of this sphere, this realm. You got transferred out of this realm of darkness, death, the power of sin, condemnation, death, all the things y'all read about. You got transferred. Let's illustrate it again. You were in here. And you believed in Christ, and then you got transferred out. So where is he? Where are you? Where are you? That's a fact. God did it. Of God are you in? You didn't do this. 
of God are you in Christ Jesus. That is a fact. And your old man has been crucified. You died. Now, if I say, how did you die to sin? What would you tell me? Baptism. I was transferred. So this happened 2,000 years ago. Just like regeneration, we were resurrected. We were regenerated through the resurrection of Christ as Peter. We were there, and God accomplished it. It's a fact. And now when you are believing and baptized, when you're baptized, you identify. That's why this chapter is identification. You now, in your human life, you identify with what God did 2,000 years ago. It's applied to you. That fact has now been applied to you. You took that step. You believed, didn't you? Raise your hand if you believe. If you've been baptized, if you hadn't, we're going to do that tomorrow. We're getting out of Adam, man. If you haven't been baptized, get out of that old man. Do you want sin, condemnation, death, all that? Get out. How do you get out? Baptism. Baptism. That water transfers you. Here's the water right here. And you go in the water, you leave that realm, and you get into this realm. If you haven't been baptized, I highly recommend it. Because God's prepared it for you. You just need to apply it to yourself. So there's a fact, the fact, it's a fact. You can't change it, you can't argue it, it is a fact. Now we just apply it by taking that step of baptism, and we're going to see here in a few minutes, we walk in this, okay? So I think that's good enough, Bobby. Good. Thank you, Christ. So there are, yeah, there are two men. In 1 Corinthians 15 it says, In Adam all die. If people don't get out of Adam, all die. In Christ, all will be made alive. And then Corinthians 15, 47, it says, The first man, Adam, Adam, was of the earth, earthy. The second man, wait a minute, God, can't you do math? The second man? How do you figure this is a second man? There's many men that happen between Adam and Christ. The Bible records their names. But God's counting the second man. And there is no third man, because he's the last Adam. He terminated in Christ. Adam got terminated. And there'll be no third man. There is a first man of the earth, earthy, soulish, a living soul. The last Adam, the final man, Christ. Two choices. Don't tell me out there, oh, I'll take the neutral ground. I'll go the third choice. Oh, I think someone else is coming. Uh-uh. The last man. The second man and the last one. This is it. So people are either in Adam or they're Christ. That's as simple as it gets. No other choice. Okay, you got that? So this identification with him, we get transferred out. And then you get into verse 6, which is knowing... You have to know this, that uh, seven for he who has died is justified from sin. In Christ, you're free from sin. You're justified from sin. No obligation to sin. You owe sin nothing. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death lords it over him no more. He escaped the realm of death. Death is not reigning anymore in Christ. It's raining in Adam, but it's not raining in Christ. 
And then it says, so also, of knowing that Christ having died, okay, 10, for the death which he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life which he lives, he lives to God. So this is the coming out part, the resurrection part, the part we're in when y'all were standing up, that's the resurrected life. That's the newness of life. That's what we can walk in because God has prepared it for us and we've identified with Christ, so now it's before us. He's set it up so we can walk in newness of life. That means a resurrected person with Christ's life added walks in newness of life and he lives in verse 10 you can circle our line lives to God therefore don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies because you died to it nor 13 don't present your members as weapons of unrighteousness to sin but present yourself to God as alive from the dead so make your presentation to God and your members as your body of righteousness to God and then underline 14, For sin will not lord it over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I want you to underline that verse. You're not under the law. You're not under the law, but under grace. Uh, 15, What then? Should we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? Similar argument to uh, the first verse. Absolutely not. Do you not know that to whom you're, you present yourselves as slaves... His slaves you are, whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So there's one thing common about every single human being, and that is they are slaves. You look at every single person, they want to be master, they think they're in control, they are a slave. They're serving sin, or they're serving a better master, actually you're free in this master, and that's Christ. This is true of every man. You can look at every single human being and know, slave, slave, not the master, not the independent man, not the self-made man, slave, 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 slave. Which slavery you are? Whose slavery are you? You're the slave of Satan, and you don't even know it. He's got you in the palm of your hand, and you're so deceived, you don't even know you're a slave. You're serving sin, you don't even know it. You think, oh, I'm, the, I'm the free man, I'm, I do what I want, I don't believe in that God stuff, uh-uh, not for me. Sorry. You're a slave. Okay, let's move on to chapter 7, which is Bondage in the Flesh by the Indwelling Sin. So let's read that title together. Bondage in the Flesh by the Indwelling Sin. Okay, so this is a chapter where Paul, what he experienced before he was saved. So we're going to explain why that we're not under law, but under grace. But the problem is that most all Christians, even the ones I know, they are still in this dilemma that Paul points in chapter 7. So let me uh, draw this. I'm going to have to hurry here to get done. So you got this picture here? Yeah? Okay, so now in, verse, in chapter 7, we don't have time to read it all. I'll just give you the key verses. And let's read... Um, but one through four talk about uh, our old man dying. Uh, so we're not going to get into the two husbands, but basically the old man is one without Christ, who was a slave of sin, and the new man is one that's been resurrected, and God's life has been added. So uh, no time to develop that. I hope you can get into that. But then he gets into the explanation of what it is to be under the law, and while we're not under the law, so why don't you read verse um, 12? So 
Okay, so here is the commandment. This is talking about God's word, the law. It's holy. Read, uh, um, so you read 12, right? It's holy. Commandments righteous and good. Uh, 14, for we know that the law is spiritual. So it's even spiritual. But I am fleshly sold under sin. And then read this dilemma that we're, we're in, even as Christians. Uh, why don't you read Sisters on 15, girls, guys, 17, uh, all together 18. Girls, go. Okay, so y'all got 15, 16, 17? What happened to 16? Okay. Let's try again. Sisters on 15. Go 15 girls. Go. You see the dilemma here? What I want to do, I can't do. What I don't want to do, I do. That's the problem. That's your problem uh, when you're not in your spirit. And then uh, go, brothers, on 16. And then all together, 17. Okay. So here's the law of God outside of us. Law of God. Outside of us. And then you have something... He agrees with the law, but every time he tries to keep the law, he sees that sin dwells in me. And where is this indwelling sin? It actually polluted the whole being, but he identifies it here as sin here. So here's the law of what? Sin. Okay, keep reading. Uh, verse uh, 19 says what? Okay, the good, you can circle good, the good that I wish, which I will. And 20 says, but if what I do not will, this I do, it's no longer I that work it out, but what? Sin that dwells in me. Okay, so then 21, I find then the law, this is the law of sin with me, who wills to do good. That is, evil is present with me, so I will do good. But evil is present with me. And then 4.22 says, I delight in the law of God. I delight. Here is the old man here. And he delights in the law of God. So he goes to practice the law of God. He wants to practice, he wants the law of God to be practiced. So he's, he's trying to practice the law of God. And then... 23 says what? Okay, so here is the dilemma. And when you're trying to keep the law, which is good, the problem is we can't do it. That's what the whole Old Testament's about. That's why we need justification. We could not keep it. 
So the problem is we like to do good. Almost every human being likes to do it. Even the ISIS people, they think they're doing good by killing people. They think they're doing good, right? Everybody's trying to do good. Most of them are trying to follow uh, good principles. But we try to do good. So this is our experience. You, you don't want to lust after that thing. So you determine, oh, I shouldn't do that. So you determine to do that. But there is a stronger will, stronger law in your flesh. So when you rise up to keep the law, guess what? A stronger law, which is in your flesh, rises up. Come on, Bobby, again. You're walking across the Texas Tech campus, and it's springtime, and all the girls are dressed like spring. And you know <laughs> that if you look at a woman to lust after her, what happened? Sin, right, in your heart. You didn't commit it, but it, you did it in your heart. So you're trying to go, I, no, 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 I know that's not God. I know that person doesn't belong to me, even though she's not dressed right. Um, that, I, that's not me. That's not for me. I don't want to lust. I don't want to have thoughts about her. So you're trying to keep your head down, but guess what? Boing. <laughs> right, guys? Raise your hand if I just describe your experience, brothers. Brothers. Oh, you're liars if your hand didn't go up. You sinned again. <laughs> Thou shalt not lie. You're trying, but you did it again. So we try, we try to improve ourselves. I will not. Look at that. Look at that. Girl! <laughs> and whatever, girls, I don't know what, what your hang-up is. It's not our same problem, but maybe it's the internet. Like, I, I'm only going to make five clicks, and then I've got to do my homework. Click, five, oh, six, 30 minutes later, an hour later, two hours later. All that's coming in. You think that's, that's Adam on the Internet, by the way. Adam loves the Internet. Okay, so whatever it is, we try to do good. It's in our mind, but there's something stronger in our flesh. So your eyes look, and if it's stealing something, your hand look. I had a dream last night, and I sinned in my dream. My eyes participated in my dream and my hand participated. So I had to wake up this morning and, Lord, forgive me. I'm like a sin machine. It's like a coffee machine. It just produces sin, 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 sin in Adam. But the verse says that he annulled sin in the flesh. So if we're in Christ, no problem. So this is the dilemma. So he's explaining why we should not try to keep the law because we're going to what? Fail. The law is going to expose you. It's going to cause sin to abound. So if you are a Christian that's in self-improvement and I will do better, I'll clean up my act, and I'm going to do that, then you're just like an unbeliever. That's the dilemma of the unbelievers. They don't have another life. So the conclusion is, wretched man that I am, in verse uh, 24, let's all read 24, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? body of this death is poison. Who's going to deliver me? There's no escape. But then he says in 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So 
with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. So your, your flesh is serving this law in here. Your mind wants to do that, but this one jumps up. Come on, Bobby. So, okay, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. And then all of a sudden, ah! He looked. Stronger. This law in your flesh, the relative strength of these, this is a stronger law. Read the Bible. It's warring against it. Paul, who could have done it, if anybody could have done it, couldn't do it. Because it's a stronger law, and it's in your flesh. Mine too. In Adam. But all that got crucified. So in verse, uh, chapter 8, is a freedom. Let's read the title of that. Freedom. Okay, so here is another law. This is called, in verse uh, 1, say, go ahead, go ahead with 1, go. Remember, there is no condemnation to those who are over here in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Why? For? So this trap I'm in, there's a way out. For us Christians who have a stronger law yet, and that's the law of what? Law of the spirit of life. That's Christ himself right there. It's a law. And it's stronger than that law. So the key to the Christian life is not to try to set the mind on doing God's law outwardly because you're going to fail. But as a Christian, we have something stronger. There is the law of gravity, and you can't escape it. But I just flew to Taiwan. And in a huge jumbo jet, no telling how many tons, and that thing just down, and up, up, gravity, no problem. Thousands of miles in the sky. We overcame gravity by a higher, the law of lift and motion and whatever all that's about. <laughs> There's a higher law in your spirit. The highest law, which is Christ himself, is in you, in your spirit. So that's the the law we want to activate. And then he explains that that which the law could not do, that's this law here, it could not do, even though it's holy good, because why? It was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son, the likeness of the flesh of sin, concerning sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Condemned. In Christ, that sin is annulled. In Christ, you will not sin. The sin machine got shut down. Not just the sins that are coming off the copier, but the whole copier got shut down. It's gone in Christ. He annulled sin in our flesh. In Christ. Back here in Adam, big trouble. So now Paul gives us some ways. Oh, 4 says the righteous requirement of the law. So the law is still out there. It might be fulfilled. He didn't take the law away. We died to sin and we died to the law. We're released from the law, but the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk. And I want you to underline, walk according to the Spirit. So those who walk according to the Spirit, you're one with Christ. You will fulfill spontaneously this law without effort. Because Christ did it. It's already done. 
So we need to activate that. So here are seven ways to activate. And they're right here in the word. Underline the word in four. You tell me the verb in there. How do we activate the law of the spirit of life? Walk. So your walk on the campus is not in the flesh, but it's according to the spirit. So you're minding the spirit. You're walking according to that life in you. You got it? Underline that, put a one by it. Now, further, for those who are according to the flesh, what do they mind? Okay, here, mind is not a noun, it's a verb. It's, you mind, you, you're thinking about the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit mind the things of the Spirit. So now, your mind, you're walking according to the Spirit, and your mind, your mind is you're minding the things of the Spirit. That's the biggest Spirit. You're minding them. And then, to help you further, this is still part of two, for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset, so underline set, three verbs. Walk, that's the way you activate. You walk according to the Spirit in you. There's a person in you who has a personality, has feeling. You walk according to that person. You're talking to that person, and that person is infusing you walk. You set your mind on the Spirit. And there is freedom. Okay, so you got that? So that's number one. Number two, and then it says the mindset on the flesh is enmity against God. It can't be subject to the law of God, neither can it be. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Is that true? Yes, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Um... Yet if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's not of him, but if Christ is in you, underline that, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, you know, death is working. Death is not just a final event. It's a daily thing. You, the, the emptiness, the dryness, the darkness, the depression, that's death or working in you. So the body is like that. And if the spirit of the one on verse 11, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, he who raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. So your life to your mortal body, you'll get life to your mortal body. By the way, back in uh, verse 6, you had uh, your spirit, your mind was life. The mindset on is life. And here, your body, and of course, uh, back in 2, uh, or in, in uh, verse 10, it says the spirit is life. Go back to the spirit is life. So your whole being can be life. And you remember, sanctification is the saturation of God's life into our spirit, our soul, and our body. Saturating. He's reversing the process. Satan got in and brought it all down. Now there's a reversal. Um, now, Bobby, come on up. Christ has now, okay, remember we injected him earlier with sin and death. Now, guess what we inject him with? This is a flavor injector. So now we're going to inject another life into him. When he believed in Christ and was baptized, guess what happened? <laughs> you got all over him and in him. So now there's another life, a stronger life, reversing the process, which will end in a glorified body. So Christ also injected us 
with himself. Hallelujah! So you have the Spirit in you, and then you could go down to verse 13. That's two things, okay? For if you, y'all read 13, go. Underline, if you, by the Spirit, if, you, if, if by the Spirit you put to death. Okay, so this is our application. Yes, we were co-crucified with Christ. That was God's doing. Now you have a responsibility. You, by the Spirit. It's not by your natural life or your ability, but you, by the Spirit, put to death. What? The practices of life. So, we have to cooperate with that life in us. God did his part 2,000 years ago, and now you believed into Christ, so you have a responsibility, like me, to apply that crucifixion to our flesh, which is still alive in Adam, right? So we apply that. And actually, there's a verse in Galatians 5.24, you might write it down. It's they who crucify the flesh. They crucify it. So God did it at one point in time. Now we're living it out. So we have to cooperate and apply. It says if you, by the Spirit, so don't think you have any, no responsibility. You can just let your flesh run free. No. You, underline you, circle you. You, by the Spirit. It's not by your power or your might. It's by the Spirit. You, by the Spirit. You, by the Spirit. Now, this is actually the new man. So the new man likes Christ. So you, new man, by the Spirit. You put to death the practice of the body. You, by the Spirit, put to death the practice of the body. What's going to happen? You'll live. You'll experience this life. Okay, that's uh, the number three way. Number four way is in the next verse, 14. Read it. Okay, what's the verb there? Led. Many as are led. The Spirit is all the time leading us, 24-7. If you let him lead you. And how is this going to happen? Well, practically, we're calling on his name. We're contacting him. We're in the Bible. We're with other Christians. We're in meetings like this. You could be Saturday night. Come on. You could be in a lot of places on Saturday night. What are you doing here? Listen to this old man. Talk about the Bible. Well, that's ancient, man. We're liberated. <laughs> Yahoo! Let's live it up. I'm young and I'm alive. Alive with sin. <laughs> Yeehaw! What are you doing here? I ask you all you students. Sitting in that hard chair, listening to this old man. What happened to you? You got led by the Spirit. You're with those. So, companions with those, hanging out with the ones in Christ. Okay, very practical. Uh, number 15, what do we do there? But you have received the spirit of sonship in which we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, let's cry, Abba, Father. This is way number six. Number six, Abba, Father. Abba means sweet, intimate, Daddy. Oh, Daddy. I need you, Daddy. Oh, Abba, Father. You cry out, Abba, Father. This 
activates your spirit inside. Walking according to the spirit. Minding the spirit. Being led by the spirit. Putting to death the practice by the spirit. Crying, Abba, Father. These are all, it activates that life in us. It unleashes, it, 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 it op, lets that, that life operate in us. And then finally, verse 23, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan. Now sometimes it's just that way. Oh. Groaning is another way to get you out of your flesh, to crucify your flesh. Sometimes you just groan. The situation, maybe you're just, you just, oh, sometimes I'm with the brothers and we're just there <laughs> groaning. Some situation, we groan. We ourselves groan wanting to be released. It's talking about uh, the whole creation travailing. So groaning, active, groaning to the Lord. You try it. It'll get you to your spirit. Okay, uh, we're going to save the last Roman numeral for Mike. There's much more. Re- renewed, transformed, conformed, glorified. That wasn't the intention of this message, but I just wanted to let you know there's much more. Okay, now it's your turn. We're going to go. We can go a few minutes. Uh, we can have the microphones up here. You can come up here and overflow. Maybe keep it to 20 or 30 seconds, and then we'll make some announcements. So, you got it? Are you an Adam or Christ? Okay, all those, come on up.